We've been thinking about uh, the life of Peter. It's a series on on the the character of Peter. We did some uh, studies in the letter that Peter wrote much later on uh, when he was a leader in the early church uh, earlier on. But we've been looking at his life to see what we can learn. Now there's lots of opportunity to catch up on messages that you've missed. Uh, One of the great things that has happened is that the the, the website's been revamped and it's uh, very easy now to download or to just listen to stuff out there. So if you've missed any of it, can I really encourage you, all you have to do is click on uh, www.portswood.org, go to one of the, you know, what we do or new here or something and you'll find something that says audio download, just click to it and you click again and there it is, it's playing on your laptop or on your computer because you do other things as well with it. But it's very, very easy to get in. You don't have to be a member, you don't need a password, you have to log in, just go there and listen to to the talks. There's some great talks. They've all been, all the ones I've heard, and I've heard, I think, pretty much all of them uh, have really blessed me as I've listened to them. Okay, so we're thinking about uh, uh, Peter's experience. What's a Christian? A Christian is a follower of Jesus. That's what a Christian uh, is at heart. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and uh, Luke, and John, give us this account of how Jesus comes and he draws around them these 12 disciples uh, plus others who he calls to uh, follow him. And then at the end of his time in Matthew 28, he, uh, as he, he leaves and goes into, as it were, the unseen world where he rules and reigns, as well as the seen world where he also rules and reigns. But that's another issue. Uh, as he goes there, he tells the, the disciples that remain, that they're to, baptize, to, they're to go and make disciples, baptizing people and teaching them to obey all the things that he taught them. I'm with you always, he said, to the end of the age. And he promises to be with those followers who come on later to the end of the age. That's you and me. Is the end of the age come yet? No. So is Jesus with us always? Yes. We're in that stream of disciples following on. Christianity is first and foremost about following Jesus. It's how Jesus himself in Matthew 28 describes it. Other things follow on, stuff about what we believe and all kinds of things, but at the heart of it is that commitment to Jesus first. And this series that we've been on looks into the experience of the disciple in the Bible that we know most about. He's called Peter. He started off as Simon. Uh, Jesus changed his name. He was often called Simon in the Gospels. He's always referred to as Peter afterwards in the book of Acts and so on. And we've been learning from his experience, seeing how it might connect with our lives. Because as we look at his life, we begin to understand what's involved in following Jesus then. If a Christian is a follower of Jesus, and if Peter's a follower of Jesus, well maybe there are some things that we can learn from his experience that will apply to us too. And we're in the last of the series today. I'm going to look back a bit, reviewing what we've learned. It's going to be a bit of an overview, but we'll look at some details on the way. We called it um, lifelong learning. Who's into lifelong learning here? Oh yeah, more, quite a lot of us, aren't they? I was just thinking, I, at first I heard when, when James started his medical course down here, he started going on about lifelong learning and how everything they learned uh, you know, in their as training would be obsolete by the time they graduated. So I thought that's pretty encouraging. Perhaps I got that, <laughs> perhaps I got that slightly wrong. But you know the idea, you, you have to be learning for life in lots of professions, lots of areas of skill and so on. 
lifelong learning. Peter followed Jesus and it goes on for his whole life. It was a journey. It wasn't just about a decision he made to follow Christ, although that, as we shall see, did happen. It's not just about some some ideas or some truth or a mindset or an attitude that he took on board, although of course it was that as well. But it was much more than that. It was this journey for life as a follower of Jesus. And we're going to look at this journey that he's on. And we're going to start thinking, first of all, about a journey with a clear start. So let's just look at Luke 5 together. Um, You will perhaps remember this from uh, the uh, the very beginning of the series. I just want us to read it, make a couple of points, and then we'll move on from it. Luke chapter 5, you'll find it on page 1032 in the church Bibles or the Bibles nearby. This is how it all began for Peter. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding round him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, that's Peter later, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Do you remember that story? Remember that passage? The first one, it was a family service. Let's see what's going on just briefly from Simon's point of view. Let's review what's happening. There are three things that happen as far as Simon is concerned. First of all, he recognises something about Jesus, doesn't he? Fascinating is Jesus starts off borrowing his boat. You know, I don't know how he felt about that. You might get, one minute he's on the uh, seashore washing his necks, that minute, next minute the boat's kind of somewhere else, and Jesus has used it, he's commandeered it in order to speak to the crowds. Then the next thing Jesus does is, does is tell Simon how to fish. Simon's been fishing all his life, he's been fishing all night, now Jesus, a carpenter, uh, tells Simon, a fisherman, how to fish. And it may be that Simon's a little bit about that, perhaps there's that in, I don't know whether we can read that in, I like to think so, but it is a bit speculative you know, uh, we fished all night, but at your word, I'll go and do it. I wonder whether there was a little bit of, Peter was hoping that maybe there wouldn't, any fish wouldn't come up. But that's not how it happened. He recognises something about Jesus. And then the miracle happens, doesn't it? And something extra happens to Simon. He realises that he is sinful. He realises that he's in the power of God's presence. He realises that he's unworthy. That whoever this man is, who's just sent him out into the middle of the boat, this is no ordinary man. This has made Peter feel not just six inches high or less, but filthy. He he realises that he's unworthy, that he's blown it. He really shouldn't be around someone like Jesus. 
And then finally, what happens? We see Jesus' response, don't we? That word of reassurance, don't be afraid, Simon. There's a new purpose for you now. Your life is going to be reorientated around Jesus and his agenda. Your life, Simon, from now on is not about fish, it's about people. Change completely. It's a very clear start. Simon's life is reorientated around Jesus' leadership. And you know, it's how we begin that journey for ourselves. And I think we too need to find ourselves, and some of you will recognise this, taking at least these three steps, and there are other little things that happen on the way too. We recognise something about Jesus, who he is, what he says, where he's from, the presence of God's power in his life. Where do we see that? We might see it in the Bible if we've read some or someone's told us about it. We, we might see it in the life of another Christian that you know, that you see Jesus in and you think, whoa, you know, there's something about that. You, you might see it actually in answers to prayer in your own life. Jesus kind of coming closer, maybe getting in your boat, so to speak. Recognising Jesus, that's where we start. And then we realise that we're sinful. We realise that we need help. That faced in the presence of such goodness, such power, such glory, we're a little bit, we've got a little bit of a problem, to put it mildly. We don't deserve anything but banishment. And then we respond as our lives are reorientated around him and his lordship. That's what happens when we repent and believe, put our faith, our trust in Jesus. First question, a journey with a clear start. Have you started this journey yourself yet? Have you got those three steps or others like them? Put your life in Jesus' hands. Agree to give him the keys, so to speak. Get out of the driving seat. What's stopping you if you haven't got there yet? A journey with a very clear start. Well, that's it then, is it? That's all there is to it. Everything's plain sailing from then on. Well, Peter's story tells us, doesn't it, that that is just the beginning. The rest of the journey follows. And I want us to think now about the rest of the journey. See what we've learnt on the way. Let's think about that. Any of you play this game? <laughs> Snakes and ladders, that's for the people on the internet. <laughs> Snakes and ladders. Now, in some ways, Peter's life uh, is a bit like Snakes and Ladders. Have you noticed that? There's sometimes he kind of goes up forward, uh, and other times he slithers down problems. And I want us to just do an exercise that will take one minute only. I'd like this side of the church gallery as well. I want you to talk to each other and, 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 and kind of highlight, remember, any ladders in Peter's story, okay? Times when he really went well, okay? And uh, on this side of the, talk, the church, talk to each other and identify any snakes in Peter's life where he went downhill, okay? You've only got 30 seconds for that, and uh, we're counting now. It's uh, about, uh, yeah, we'll count from now. Okay. Well, that's about 40 seconds. (laughs) 
Now, Bill's got a microphone. Thank you. Anyone like to share what in their little group they came up with? Let's start with, these are the snakes. Right? Well, let's start with the ladders. Let's start positive, shall we? Let's go on. The, the, are you the ladders this side on the right? Yeah, go on the right-hand side, Bill. Anyone like to share something? A ladder that Peter experienced in his life. We haven't got much time, so quick. Thanks. Stemming out of the boat. Remember that story? He was in the boat and Jesus said, come to me and he stepped right out. Yeah, any other ladders? Transfiguration. Yep, the transfiguration. Remember when Jesus was uh, glorified in front of him and Peter was there and that was a good time. Is it on? Okay, yeah, it is now. We got a red light. Okay, well let's have one more ladder in Peter's experience. When he recognises Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah. Yeah, well, the, the, what we call the confession, when Peter realised just who Jesus was. Some great moments in Peter's journey. Okay, let's have a look. What about the snakes? Any, any snakes? Yeah, thanks, Steve. Stepping out the boat in the Transfiguration were ladders which were quickly turned into snakes. Good point. <laughs> Do you know, Dave, you're a preacher, you've taken my next point, but that's true. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So did you see that snakes, some of the snakes were also, yeah, at the transfiguration and sending out the boat. Yeah, any other snakes? Uh, when he wouldn't let Jesus wash his feet. Yeah, he wouldn't let Jesus wash his feet, that's right. Yeah, that was a moment of uh, more than embarrassment. Yeah. After recognising Jesus as the Messiah, he tried to stop him from going to the cross. That's right, yeah, that's, that's the, 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 yeah, he blew it there. One more, let's have one more. Yeah, thanks, uh, Jay. Oh, Margaret? Denying Jesus, of course. Of course, denying Jesus. Yeah, the, that was the biggest snake of all, wasn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I hope you've got the point then. Peter's journey was like snakes and ladders. There were various ups and downs. There were wanderings. That was true for Peter. Maybe it's true for us too. Well, it is true for us too, isn't it? Our lives can be like that. Let's look at a couple more things about this journey then. It's a journey with real challenges, isn't it? I love journeys. I, I love the idea of travelling. I've travelled a bit and I quite like the things that happen. But there's just one problem about me and travelling, me and going on journeys. I'm on the journey. And I love the idea of it, but I get extremely anxious about it, you know, and I was travelling on my own. I think, is anyone going to meet me at the airport when I was visiting people? Or what's going to happen? You know, I'm going to be on a bus in Nepal that's going to go over the side of a mountain. And you know, all, all these kind of things. Others, I see Meg nodding. You know, the, the idea of travelling is great, but we have our anxieties. You know, you hire that car at the airport and you think, oh no, what side of the road do I drive on? And you can't be your first exit and so on. We take our stuff with us, don't we? There were real challenges, and there were real challenges for Peter because he had weaknesses, just as we do. Remember when Jesus found them asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane? Andrew Page mentioned it in his talk. He said they've got willing spirits but tired bodies. There was so much about Peter that was flawed, that was weak, that was proud, that was stupid. And you know, I'm just the same, and so are you. That's why the snakes and ladders, as Dave pointed out, were often to be found so close together. Human weaknesses and sin, human flaws and upsets, alongside God's amazing power at work. That is how the journey can be, isn't it? Well, some of you might be thinking, well, of course, that's what Peter was like before the Holy Spirit came into his life. 
And after that, everything was fine. Well, not really. Remember last week, Peter was still getting it wrong and needed a massive vision from the Lord Jesus to lodge his prejudices. The very Holy Spirit in him was the Holy Spirit who helped him to get this stuff sorted out. And even later in the New Testament, in Galatians 2, Paul talks about a time when Peter was way off, hypocritical, uh, and Paul is, uh, had to say, I had to take Peter to one side and kind of sort him out on that. Not beat him up, you know, but help him to, <laughs> help him to understand more clearly. See, the Bible is realistic about this. We are sinful. We need to be getting straightened out. We get things wrong. We get tired and crabby. That's not the end of it, but we do need to realise that the journey is challenging partly because of our own weaknesses and flaws. Because the journey in many ways, or in some ways, not totally, is shaped by our weaknesses. But there's more to it than that. It's a journey, thirdly, that is going to be completed. We will complete it. Because on the journey... The good news is that it's not just me and you and others like us with all of our struggles and our difficulties, is it? The journey is with Jesus. Remember the promise, I am with you always to the end of the age. This journey is shaped by Jesus with us. His presence with us by his spirit, his grace, his help. At work, even within those weaknesses which seem at times, if we're honest, to define our journey completely. And there are seasons like that. So let's think, how do we see Jesus shaping Peter and his journey? How does that work out in the story as we've looked over it? I've spotted three ways. Here's the first one. Jesus has a purpose And he is at work. Remember that first encounter we read? One of the first things that Jesus says to Peter, from now on your life has a different purpose. There's something else that I have for you, Peter. It's going to be people now, not fish. So that's why he had his name changed. Remember what Jesus said when when Peter made that statement about who Jesus was. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, says Jesus. That's my purpose. And Peter, you're going to be involved in it. Jesus had a purpose. Do you remember what, when, when he failed at the, the foot washing, you know, remember what Jesus said to him? He said, look, unless you let me wash your feet, you can't be part of me. You can't have anything to do with me. And Peter understood. And Jesus told him his wider purpose. And we see that time and time again. Before his denial, we'll look at this in a few minutes, but Jesus actually said to Peter, you're going to deny me, but afterwards... I want you to strengthen your brothers. There's a future, a purpose for you, even beyond your failure. Jesus had that purpose. Jesus was going to work it through, and he told Peter that. Peter uh, knew and responded to that. And you know that that point after the resurrection, in Mark's Gospel, when Jesus says to the women, tell my disciples and Peter that I'm going before them into Galilee. Jesus had this purpose, he was working through it all. 
And you know, for us, we need to get hold of that truth. We are part of Jesus' wider purposes. He is at work for good, even when we fail or even when we suffer. The Jesus I follow, the Jesus you travel with, is at work. He has purposes. And you know what? He's going to achieve what he sets out to do. And we need, as we go through this journey, to understand that truth and to grab it, particularly when we don't know what on earth is going on. Second thing about this journey. How is it shaped by Jesus? Jesus' grace is there. And we see this in Peter when we fail, when we struggle, and when we suffer. Let me read you those verses I referred to. They're on in Luke's Gospel, if you want to turn on page 1058. This is a fascinating verse. Not time to talk about it really now, but verse 31. In many ways, those of you who are into the Bible will realise this is a bit like the book of Job, actually. But um, I'll just leave that out there for you to think about. Verse 31. This is Jesus talking to Peter at the Last Supper. Verse 31, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. That's this point Jesus is making to Peter. And Peter completely gets it wrong, but he replied, Peter doesn't hear it. Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison to death. Didn't hear a word of it. Didn't get it at all goes on to deny Jesus. But the promise remains. Jesus says, I'm praying for you, Peter. How about that? So for us, Jesus is our great high priest. He brings our needs to God. He roots for us in uh, the very place, centre of government in the universe where he is. And as Peter repents, as we saw in that uh, story, and turns back to Jesus... Jesus reassures him of his grace and and brings him back to declare his love again for Jesus, as we saw in John 21. Gives him this new role now, not just uh, not fish, but it's all about sheep now, not literal sheep, but, you know, Jesus' people, feed my sheep, gives him that new role. And for us, that's true. His grace is there for us. We can come back. We can declare that love for him again. We can know his forgiveness. We can know his restoration. We can know his help. We can know his grace. Because that is his promise. But we need to respond to that grace, don't we? We need to respond to his grace. And the third way that we see the journey being shaped by Jesus is we see that Jesus is Lord over the whole of our lives. That was Peter's experience, wasn't it? Right from the very first day when Jesus uh, got, got into his boat. Right till he saw that vision we heard of last week, when, as John pointed out, that rather strange uh, phrase that Jesus, uh, Peter says to Jesus, surely not, Lord, you know. Do this, Peter. Surely not, Lord. You know, he's, Peter's still learning that Jesus is to be his Lord for the whole of his life. That's what being a follower of Jesus is all about. We need to realise that Jesus' Lordship is real over whatever we do. Our work, our family, our life decisions, our relationships. That's where Peter was. And actually, that's how, as we shall see, the journey for him ended. So we need to obey Jesus' leading, don't we? 
we need to understand the truth of his purpose, his working. We need to respond to his grace and we need to obey him as Lord in his leading. A journey shaped by Jesus as we go through those three things. Understand his purpose and his activity. Look for it, expect it, trust it. Responding to his grace to bring us through failure and trials and obey his leading as Lord for the whole of our lives. Now there's a story where we see some of this happening. It's in John 21. I think we'll just uh, look at it. It's uh, a great story. Paul reminded us of it. I'm not going to preach Paul's sermon again, but I do want us just to look at the beginning. Look at John chapter 21. Remember this story? It was only a couple of weeks ago, was it? Verse 21, chapter 21, page 1090. It talks about how afterwards Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, that's Galilee. And some of the disciples, there's a list of them, and Peter's one of them, and Peter says, I'm going fishing, and the other said, okay, we'll go with you. They go out and they catch nothing all night. Sounds familiar? <laughs> Takes Peter right back in many ways to the very beginning. And early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize that. He says, friends, haven't you got any fish? No, they said, and Jesus tells them to throw the the net on the other side and they get loads of fish. Then verse 7, then the disciple who Jesus loved, that's John. John is probably Jesus' cousin. That's why Jesus is, he's often referred to as the, the disciple Jesus loved. He was probably a relative of Jesus. See, they knew each other pretty well. John says, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, jumped into the water, and the other disciple followed. He swam to the shore to be with Jesus. I love that. You know, John says, it's the Lord. Hardly as he said, Lord, there's a thud as Peter's jacket hits the boat and splashed because he's in the water. Yeah, he's in the water. What's it all about then? Jesus is, uh, again, appearing to Peter, taking him back. Peter just wants to be where Jesus is. That's it. After it all, I just want to be with Jesus in what he's doing, where he is. Nothing is going to stop me. I'll swim to the shore if I need to, says Peter. Are we going to be like that? Are you going to respond like that? Nothing stopping us to be where Jesus is. A heart to respond to his grace, to get back to the right place with him. And then in verse 18, after Jesus had this conversation, Peter tell, Jesus tells Peter uh, the how that when he's old, he's going to die for Jesus, verse 19. And he says, follow me, says Jesus. And Peter, you know, I love this, still doesn't really get it fully. He's still distracted thinking about John. Jesus just says, you're going to die for me, Peter. Follow me. John, so Peter says, uh, what about John? Verse 20. And Peter says, look, don't worry about him. You follow me. Follow me, says Jesus. That really is the most important thing. Follow me, says Jesus, right to the completion of the journey. And Jesus will get us there. This is what the New Testament says in Philippians 1, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. That's the day we see Jesus face to face. Follow me, says Jesus. That's the main thing. Will you? Will I? 
It's the great way to live. Why settle for anything less than living with him on the journey, even through the struggles 